Hello and welcome. It's good to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Aaron, and I'm here with at Innova Studios. And we're, if you don't know me, which nobody knows me, it doesn't matter. It's a couple people. Um, I'm here talking to a friend of mine. His name is James Levin. Some people pronounce it Levin. Some people pronounce it Levin, Levine, Levine. Doesn't really matter. I'll go with Levin. James Levin. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares media. Right. And we're, we're here today because we want to create some content, obviously. And, and we want to talk about um, what James has been up to because he's created this fantastic product. And I think it needs to get out into the world. And what better way than a podcast that no one's going to listen to? Yeah. They might not even watch it either. That would be interesting. At the end of the day, maybe it's just for us that we for shits and giggles that we get a kick out of doing this. It's fun. We've been having a lot Wait, of fun. Fucking Tom. <laughs> it's, it's a bumblebee. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, right? So like you and I met a couple months ago. Right. It's interesting because we're from the same part of town, Yep. but we don't know each other. And the same age. Which is, I might be a little bit older. No, you're not. Actually, no. No, I'm probably older. Nobody same. cares about how old we are. Nobody cares about anything except for what's in it for them. Right. Which is the Elmore pedal. But we're not going to worry about, about that today because we want to get out your story because it is, uh, to me, it is fascinating. And, and I was definitely um, inspired by it. Um, so let's start from the beginning, James. Yeah. So I came, this is, this is a kind of a long story, but what's really important is, is the problem that I'm trying to solve for millions of musicians around the world. Okay. So I'm going to take you back to 2010. But wait, I, you're not a musician yourself. No, I'm, I'm a student, right? So I'm a student. I'm a YouTube student primarily. So no formal training. No formal training. I grew up loving music. You know, I um, didn't grow up in a musical household. My parents didn't put on a lot of music in the house. I can't believe that. What I mean, they just, you know, they were more TV, TV people, movie people. Hmm. Um, my sister, I have an older sister and a younger brother. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, they're, they're cool people, but they were not really into music. They got into music a little bit old, you know, kind of into high school, and I think maybe I influenced that a little bit. Um, I had a musical group of friends in high school, but none of them picked up any instruments. But what, the music, Most of them were athletic. The music you were listening to was sort of like not, you know, not the typical... No, I didn't listen High school to, kid music. No, I was not really listening. I guess some of the music I listened to was mainstream. I was a 90s kid, so I was born in 1978. Which, yeah, me too. most of my music was, yeah, Jesus, 90s. It's a long time ago. It's forever ago. My 25-year high school reunion is coming up next week. Are you going? Um, I've been asked to go by really cool people. Who's cool? Who, there's only like two. Um, and then, uh, so I don't know if I'm going to go, but it's at a really cool place. It's Madame Zuzu's Tea Shop, which is owned by Billy Corgan in Highland Park. Oh, sure. Yeah, so that's tempting because I love Billy Corgan. Smashing Pumpkins. Sure. They just released a new album, which I was listening to on the way to the sh studio today. You know, he filmed that video, that music video, at the Highland Park uh, Art Center. Is that Art right? Center. Yeah. So He's like dressed in a, in a dress. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm digging his aesthetic right now, actually. Hmm. I don't mind the dress. I'm not going to wear the dress. I won't, my body style is not fit for a dress. Come on, you're like a... I'm just not tall enough. I think it's just, I'm just not tall enough. I've got the curves. I just don't have the height. I, that's what I've been told by my or tailor. The hips. Maybe you do have the hips. <laughs> I have, no, I've actually got narrow hips, but um, they're just not, you know, it's not baby, you know, yielding hips is what I've been told by my doctor. But, um, you know, hopefully one day, you know, we can... You find all... a new doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so so the the new... Pumpkins album, I think, is something we should talk about. Right, it's, we can it's, get there. it's different. Never mind that. For it's now. very different. So, so the Elmore pedal, right? So we're talking a little bit about we're, my upbringing, right? Right, which is interesting. So music was something 
that I fell in love with early. And I had some exposure to some interesting bands through a couple of cousins that were kind of distant. And when I would see them, they would hand me tapes that were recorded like from Like Maxell the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So Remember those? Yeah, Maxell, right? I mean, the famous, the that famous commercial with the, the, the guy uh, sitting, the guy in, sitting the in his chair and the... Yeah, the speaker blowing his ears out and the dog sitting there. The sound quality knows is really shit, though. So, But back in the day, you didn't know the difference, right? It was either radio or a tape. That's right. And vinyl, we missed that. So all that was collecting dust. Yes. Vinyl's a complete waste of time, and we can talk about that, too. (laughs) It's not a waste of time. And I actually came from that camp where vinyl was a total waste of time. Probably two years ago, I would have agreed with you. Until a friend of mine turned me on to vinyl. I heard the difference. I heard the difference. Oh, really? Really? I was pretty stoned, but it, okay. it it did it did help open my ears to a different sound. And I listen, if you put me in a room and you put on a CD, you put on, you know, streaming and you put on vinyl, would I know the difference? No. I, I think I might. No, I no think shot. I might. Yeah, That's I really no do. No shot. I'm not a music historian. I'm not an audiophile like many people claim to be. I'm not Neil Young pulling, you know, music off of Spotify because he says it sounds Did he do that? pixelated. Yeah, he said his music sounds pixelated. So yeah. you cannot find any He's Neil a, Young a curmudgeon there, online. Right? I I love Neil Young, but that really irritates me cuz now I can't get his stuff in my car, you know. That pisses me off. You don't have a version of Old Man somewhere laying around that you can <laughs> Yeah. So what I what I've actually done is put the CD into my car. You have a CD player in your car? I do. It's, it it's not an old car. It's a 2019. But for whatever reason, there's a CD player in there with a hard drive so I can download music to my hard drive. So, yeah, I actually <laughs> I can relive my 90s years, I guess. I don't know what it is. But, <laughs> but yeah, so back to the – I guess we want to talk about the Elmore pedal. That's why we're here No, today. not yet. We'll get there. All right, take me through – would you carry me through the I'm journey? Trying, this is my I'm, first time. It's mine, too. Just because your musical background, <laughs> I, think, I think, is so fascinating because you listen to such what I would say not really – Good. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't judge you. Not, not good music. It's not something I would put on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in high school, I listened. To, I was a diehard metal fan. There you go. You okay. Said, fair so enough. High school was all about. In the beginning, for me, was you know some of the bands you would have listened to: Nirvana, okay, Pearl Jam, Fine. Soundgarden, and then things went off the rails for you. <laughs> something happened. There was an awakening, and I think it was a band that you know many people know, Corn. I heard corn and I was like, holy I'm trying shit. trying to get a Tom and see if he's going to roll his eyes too. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Tom, Tom, I don't know. It might be before his time. He's a fair bit younger than I Probably. am. Probably. Right? He knows corn though. But corn is making a gigantic comeback. They are. Stop that. They are. They're making a huge comeback. Just According to you, right? According to all the youth. And they're smart because they have an amazing sound. They, it's new metal, N-U metal, not N-E-W. What? That's the, that's the style. That's Say what that again, new metal? New metal, yeah. That's that's what Explain. it was called. Explain. I again, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but it was a style that you know was introduced in the day, that came from California mostly, and it blended a little bit of, I want to say, a hip hop style. Sure, sure. Very bassy driven, almost metallic sounding. I guess you could say like bands like Lincoln Park sort of grew out of uh, yeah Lincoln Park that, that style. That's a good they example. They did it better, I think, than whoever came before them. I would disagree completely, hmm. but they probably I don't know who sold more albums. That's a good question. Lincoln Park definitely is more recognizable, but they were more commercial. I think they sounded a little bit more radio friendly than definitely Korn, right. So better, I guess, depends on how you're measuring. Sure. Better, it's all relative. But 
in terms of musicality and more originality, it would be corn. I don't think you'd have a Lincoln Park without a corn. I agree with you. Yeah. So, and I'm not defending corn. I, you know, I. But you do defend corn. You're a huge fan of that. I'm a gigantic fan. I still like corn. I'll still listen to corn. You if know, I, rock around wearing a once dress a year. like that guy, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Uh, okay. See that? See how much kilt. I know about him? Well, it's a kilt, and you know, he in the first album they used, and maybe even the second album, and maybe past that they used, you know, the bagpipe in quite a few songs. Okay. You'd play that live. No distortion, just the bagpipe. He played it well too. Um, you know, you got to be honest. Like he really, actually played the bagpipe, yeah. or he had somebody else. Yeah, on stage. Yeah, totally. And if you go back and listen, you'll hear. It's so like, it taps like is not or like a funeral. <laughs> no, like a, dude. It was a great introduction to a very very cool album. Like you'll you'll go back and listen. Hmm. I won't listen, but anyway, once a year <laughs> I go to the gym and I usually listen to Corn. <laughs> That's, you know, what that's what gets up me to... going. Yeah, you know, and then I recover for 364 days, and I put corn back on and go to the gym. That's funny. Yeah, but corn corn kind of opened the door for me. I was into Black Sabbath. That was all a, right. That's you know, fair. That I can accept. But some of the bands I would listen to are like you know, this is in high school that were heavier than some of the mainstream bands like Nirvana would be. You know, again, Corn, White Zombie, Pantera, greatest metal band probably ever. <sighs> And I hear you sign. I, 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 have you listened to any Pantera? No, of course you, you have. Time for that. There's, <laughs> there's so much to be learned. There's so, but, but, but learned about what Pantera? About how amazing Pantera is. As I'm looking back they're, for they're times done because unfortunately, here. Pantera, Pantera um, was probably I would say. And if you like Foo Fighters, sure. Do you like Dave Grohl? Sure. Dave Grohl will tell you, and has told millions of people that. Pantera is the greatest metal band that Great. has ever walked the earth. Right. Doesn't do it for you. But, you know, when you and I talk about music, we have very different tastes. Yeah, and I think what's so right? interesting, the dynamic is very funny. Because it is. I know all the music you talk about, but I refuse to listen to it. I, and back and <laughs> forth. So you and I will exchange texts, and you'll say, hey, listen to this song. And the other day you sent me, I think it was a live fish. It was. What was that? <sighs> and, I, and I don't, I love jam bands. Not love, But love. you didn't listen to it, right? No, I did. I listened to, I think it was 12 minutes, right? Yeah, and that's so, enough already after 12 minutes. But I'll listen to an Almond Brothers song that's 25 minutes yeah, long. Okay. I'll listen to the whole thing and I'll it's, listen to it all week. It's weird that you like the Almond Brothers because to me, you know, the extension of the Almond Brothers is, is like a guitar-heavy fish or a Grateful Dead or Totally. Something. But the Almond Brothers carry melodies all the way through their music. When I listen to a band like Fish, at least the example you shared with me, I get lost. I can't find the melody, and I cannot find my place in the song. And hmm. it's almost like, where did it go? No, I think that's fair to it, say that, it, definitely. And I, that, I that part for me, but maybe it's, you know, and I find the same thing with jazz, right? Like when I listen to jazz, and I want to listen to the jazz masters, I want to understand what is jazz. Like, why do people love it? And I get lost in it. I can't enjoy it. I understand how amazing these musicians are and the art of it, but I just cannot seem to get into it i can't i can't it doesn't it doesn't it has its place it does have its place but like fish for example like i, I that album i forgot the name of the album the song i said you was reba which i think reba, is a yes. masterpiece i know it's sort of like out there but there's parts of that you're like how the hell are they doing that there's no doubt that the guitar playing the drumming everything is just world class there's no doubt and i and i would never disagree but as a piece of music yes i'd like to see that live but listening to that, it just, for whatever reason, I cannot get through it. I tried, and I'm like, I'm going to keep listening for Aaron. Well, and I just could I not I appreciate do it. that, because everything yeah. you send me, it goes right in the garbage. Do you even try? <laughs> no. I sent you, so the other no. day, I sent you, and I know you do not like John Mayer. 
Okay. I do not like John Mayer. So personally, I understand why you don't like John Mayer. Like as a person, I get it. And I try to pull the person out of music because I don't want it to ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that with athletes too. Like they don't like what the athlete says. And there's a lot of that these days. There's a ton of that these days. So I, I tried to. You, there's that saying: "Don't ever let your don't meet your heroes." Yeah, sure. Right. So I, I try not to let that happen. I don't, I don't want my heroes in music to ruin the music that I love. So I I don't want to read about their personal life. I don't want to read about their politics. Right. Like Roger Waters. Don't even start. I mean, that's, don't want to talk about him. David Gilmore. We've already what gone down his, that no, path. See, I don't know anything about David Gilmore's politics because the guy keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, he's pretty good at that, right? Like he he does talk shit about his band members, which is yeah. which is probably worse. Something I'd rather not hear. But um, I try to, and like you know, people like we talked about Billy Corgan already. There's probably nobody in our lifetime that's had more PR nightmares than he has. And I it's love said, his. I, I couldn't. I couldn't really think of one. It's just a lot of this, like, and I'll see this in our, like, so our last post that we put on Elmore Pedals on TikTok, there was, you know, I talked about the best 90s guitar players or the right. most under, underrated, in my opinion, and Billy Corgan was in that list. And there are a lot of comments about his meltdowns on stage, and he won't play the songs that people want him to play, and, you know, and then comments in media that he shares, and, and hmm. just his personality and his eccentric, his, you know, eccentric way of describing himself, and it's just like... He's an artist. He can talk about his music the way he wants. He can talk about his life. He can act the way he wants. He can produce the music separately from his personal life. And I feel like that's something we should, at least as fans, offer to musicians and athletes. And mm-hmm. no, I, I think politicians that. are probably different. I think politicians we should hold to a different standard because they're yeah. affecting our lives, you know, in the streets, in our houses, all that, you know, and the way You're we interact in lives. Yeah. Let's rein it in. So the yeah, top, but the top three, yeah. the top three '90s album. <laughs> Fuck politicians. Top three guitarists, underrated guitarists. Yeah, that were Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Kim Thale, right from Soundgarden, Soundgarden. and Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. That's right. Good yeah. list. Yeah, there were a couple others. There that was we some missed. pushback that you missed. And we missed we could, Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. That would have been my number one totally. on the list. Yeah, we missed. I mean, we missed a lot actually. We, I mean, there were so many like Tom Morello. From Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I mean, how could you miss it? Rage Against the Machine, Pantera, Linkin Park. Seem to me, those bands sort of all come from the same so genre. Dimebag Daryl. He was D- Daryl Abbott. He was the lead guitar player for Pantera. And Dimebag David what was his name. Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Amazing guitar player. I don't think he was underrated. I think he's been given his proper due. He had, you know, a signature guitar that everybody buys and knows him. And you know, he's. I, I don't think he's underrated. I think. People look at Pantera and be like, "What people? Fans? All, Music all fans, ten of you? Metal fans? <laughs> You're underestimating the the legions of fans that that Pantera created." But to to be that popular, you have to sort of cross over. You have to be have your loyal hardcore metal fans, and then there has to be some aspect of popular culture that you get involved in that you you appeal to, even if. Even is that if true? If you think you're selling out. Yeah, I do so think that's to, true. Is, if you can reach that level. How do you define crossing over? Is that making it to the commercial airwaves? Is it selling out no, it's, stadiums? It's How do we do it? determined by me. I'm the authority of whether you've crossed over and you haven't sold out yet. So let's say, okay, so... so like, for example, yeah, John Mayer, I think, is a complete... I don't want to say sell it, but I just don't get it. Sell out, meaning, like... He has his fans. Sure. And then he does this thing with Dead & Company, and suddenly all the yeah. deadheads are, are, you know, licking his balls. And it's just like, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. So It seems so disingenuous to me. 
Yeah. I've never been a huge Dead fan. So Which like, is also shocking to me. So, it is. someone who loves the guitar and, and music. And, yeah. And, and I do like the Dead. I just, for whatever reason, it, again, sounds a little too... I don't know if the word is ethereal or if the word is like... It's just too ambiguous. I cannot find melodies. Like, there are their radio songs, like Touch of Grey... That I love. Like, that's a great song. You do song. love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Like, I think it's a great song. I know it's cheesy and corny and played out and radio, but at least there's the melody there that I can attach to and kind of hum in my mind and enjoy it. Um, but that album that I told you, like, uh, Prince Caspian, okay, that song. By Fish. By that's Fish. That was one of the first Fish songs that I was like, holy shit, this band is amazing. I don't even know that song. How about that? I, I, walked, into a, I walked into a bar in Chicago, yeah. and I heard the song, and I'm like, this is Fish. And I did not know who it was. I had never heard the song before, but I could tell who was singing. I could hear the guitar tone that I had heard what before. Bar was playing Fish? Uh, it was, yeah, it was called, um, they're not there anymore, it was called Pork Chop. It was in the West Loop. It was like a barbecue place. Good place. But I walked in there, and I was like, this is Fish. I know this is Fish. I've never heard the song, but I know the tone. I know the song. I know the voice. And then I immediately pulled out Shazam, you know, that app, and boom, I was right. And I loved it. And I've listened to that album dozens and dozens of times. Just that album. Just There's that album. There's such better, deeper cuts than that. I'm sure there are. I just have not found them. So I started trying to get into widespread panic. Forget it. Couldn't do pass, it. Pass. Couldn't do it. And I, my, I have some cousins that are from Georgia. They're Ugh. deeply into widespread How panic. How annoying is that when you have to hang out with them? You have to listen to widespread panic. It's pretty Talk annoying. About how great Georgia is. It's not a great place. My wife is from Georgia. Is she? Yeah, she's from Macon, Georgia. That's how I got well, into the Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers. Yeah, that's how I got into them. And that's, you know, that's, that's where I really developed my passion for the Allman Brothers was going to visit Macon, going to the big house where the Allman Brothers, that's, the, that's what they call the, the place where they all lived and practiced and recorded and it's Capricorn like records. To Dwayne and Greg. Totally. I went, you, to the, I went to go see their graves. Did you really? Yeah, totally. I went to Elizabeth Reeve, Reed's grave site. Oh, she's a real person. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's apparently where, you know, Dickie Betts wrote that song. Um, but, uh, you know, but I guess speaking, they had sex speaking on her of grave the, or something. of the Almond something Brothers, because like this is a great transition into Elmore Petal. Totally. Um, so we, I don't even think you've told the good people of Earth and the universe what the Elmore Petal is, because we've been talking about absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So the Elmore Petal is a product that I came up with to help musicians get better at... Let's start that over again. Take two. Take two. Doing it live. So the Elmore Petal is a product that I designed and invented to help musicians... In, in improve their practice sessions. Right, because you discovered there was a problem Yeah, so learning guitar, especially online. Yeah. So the Elmore Pedal is, is a product that I designed to help musicians practice more effectively. So when I was first learning how to play guitar, I picked it up late in life. Right. Oh, so yeah. I was 32 years old. I can't believe that you waited until 32. I mean, what? It's It was all self-doubt. Self-doubt, self-doubt, self-doubt. But self even like in your room when there was no one else around, we didn't have internet back in those days, no one was recording anything. I didn't have a guitar. I told myself... This is a mathematical instrument because someone had shared with me like, oh, you got to be good at math to learn piano. You have to be good at math to learn guitar. And I just believed that because no one else told me Wait, otherwise. You would watch all those bands and you'd look at Dimebag Dave and, Darryl, say, yeah. Dimebag Dave and say, You're, he's good <laughs> at math because he can play the guitar. I mean, you look at that guy. He probably doesn't know how to I wasn't about. very bright. And I'm still not that smart. But for whatever reason, I believed this narrative that you have to have a mathematical mind to be good at music. 
I don't know why, hmm. but that was the thing that I told myself. So instead, I sat on the sidelines. I went to as many concerts as I could, and that satisfied the urge for for a long time. And so I would kind of look up on stage, watch these guys, their fingers on the fretboard, and just was mystified by what they were doing with a piece of wood, some strings, and some wires. And I just could not believe it, the sound they would make and the emotion it would evoke. Even at that, at a young age, when you're like so impressionable, you yeah. said, geez, I could do that. I should at least try. I No, it, the opposite happened. I would look and I'd say, shit, I, I can never, never do. do that. And in fact, the first time I saw Buddy Guy, okay, so Buddy Guy is one of my all-time favorite blues musicians. He has a bar in Chicago called Legends, and I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago, so I was steps away from his bar. And a good friend of mine, we both went to the University of Chicago, we lived together, and we would go see him play all the time on the weekends. And the first time I saw him, I literally wept. And it was for really? two. I did. That emotional reaction to him. Totally Buddy emotional. Guy? Yeah, for two reasons. Number one, I had never heard a sound like that before. This tone that came out of his amp was so emotionally moving to me that I cried. I wasn't like hysterically crying on the floor like people picked me up, but I literally was like lump in my throat, tear. The second reason I cried as I kind of thought about it was like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And Is that was, what made you cry or was you just... It was both. Oh. It was both. Like um, first, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the most pleasing thing I've ever heard." What? And then I was like, "I'm never going to be able to do this," and it was depressing, but also right, like satisfying, you know. And and so like, it's, but it's weird that you didn't feel inspired. That maybe no, I, could go do I, that I felt too. I felt like the complete opposite. I'm going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, and then. So I, I had that feeling for a long time, and I, then I met my, my now wife, and I took her to go see Buddy Guy a bunch of times, and she just she, loved she's it. She's like, oh, really? She loved it. Oh, really? Loved him. I mean, he's charming. He's, you know, he's got this amazing Southern accent that's very big turn on for her. She's from the South. She loves, she loves the whole shtick, okay? <laughs> he's a good-looking guy. Trust me. I mean, like, he's 86. He's still good-looking. He is. I'm really? Not, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. And he's just got this charm, okay? He's got great stories. We'll go see him this January. He's doing his... Yes, yes, we're going. We're going. Okay, so... It's going to be a tough sell on me, but we can try. You'll see. It's, it's really fun. Is he playing Ravinia this summer? No. Good. We're not going <laughs> to see him at Ravinia. We'll see him at his bar. And um, it's a farewell tour, so it's the last time you get to see this man. He's a living legend. He played with Muddy Waters. Okay. It's important. Historically, <laughs> very important, and it's important... For you to see him in your life. Uh, listen, okay, so, fine. So here's, what, here's, here's where the story goes. So, again, I took Kate to go see my wife to go see all of these shows and, and see Buddy as many times as we could, and she loved it, and she became a fan of, her, you know, of him you know, on her own. Was she, or was she just saying, oh, I like James, so I'm going to No, like our wedding song was Feels Like Rain. It's okay, a great I know song. That, but she was like, I'll just go along with it. No, she, she will sit it out if she's not into it. She is. That's, you did mention cause that, one tick, that one TikTok you said you walked out of the. We, we walked out of the Black Keys Black show Keys together, show. hand in hand, pissed off, annoyed, frustrated by the Black Keys, who absolutely sucked that night. I like the Black Keys. I think they're a good band. They absolutely sucked that night at the United Center, and I'm not alone. If you go to my TikTok post, the Black Keys got absolutely they got, dragged. They got, they got dragged. A lot of other lot. bands did too, namely the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I don't understand. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. Let's get All on right. with it. So thank you. Keep it moving. Totally. Let's Droning keep this, on. Let's keep this train rolling. <laughs> Short attention span. People's eyes rolling, and they're like, like scrolling next. What do, you have, what do you have in that pedal drink right there? Is there any whiskey in there? You're starting to get ornery. I'm just trying to keep this moving because I'm getting bored. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Jesus Christ. Okay, so so uh, <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> Is that boring? 
It's just come on. All right. So you went by the guy, you fell in love with so your wife. And I'm, I'm entertaining myself there. Matt's over there. He's like fucking that's not spiders <laughs> are crawling down his face. All right. Tom, by the way. What did I say? Matt. No, the, his partner, Matt, behind him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I am getting ornery, though. All right. Well, we'll get you some lunch. So, <laughs> so fast forward to my wedding. Yes. Okay. I forgot even what we were talking October about. October 2nd, 2010, my wedding. I got married in 2010. Congratulations. September of 2010. This is about me. Nobody cares about you. So. <laughs> That's right. Nobody cares. October 2nd, 2010, my wife bestows to me in front of all of my friends, which are, there's 150, now there's probably four, the most beautiful present I've ever been given because it's a physical representation of her belief in me that I can play guitar, which was a buddy guy strat signed to me by the man, that, handed to me in front of all my friends, and she whispers in my ear, now you're fucked. Listen, that's a beautiful story, but let me ask you a question because I want to understand that. Like, yeah. So you dated your wife for how long before you married her? Like four years. And you would talk about, you know, your aspirations and dreams. You talk about playing the guitar. I want to learn. I want to learn. I should go get lessons. And she, should... Did she ever like say, well, come on, James, enough already. Go. Yeah, go, go, but go. This, what but are you how doing? long did you date for until you got married? I mean, like seems... three and a half, four years. And then that time she never said enough. Jesus, James, just go already. Always. She kept saying, just do it. But go. it was all your What are you waiting out? for? Yeah. And I was like, I'm just not, it's pointless. It's pointless. I'm just going to, I'm going to suck. I'm not going to be able to learn. Even if I do learn, I'm never going to get good at it. All that stuff. The same thing that people tell themselves about anything, whether it's golf or tennis or whatever the case may be, right? They just have this self-doubt, and then they don't try. And sometimes people get past that self-doubt. They try for two or three weeks, and then they quit because it's painful to learn, or they just don't sa- – it it's not fun to learn anything. And you like never explored that language. about yourself. That you, said you took a step back and said, Geez, why – where does the self – that come from you. It's some sort of self awareness where you can. I know you where it yourself. came from. Okay. I know. Yeah, I've been through. I've been through plenty of therapy to know but where that came from. We don't have to talk about that. But we're that, not going to get me. That's now we're getting somewhere. It's we can get into that in the next episode. Um, but, but the self doubt comes from a place uh, of just where I was raised, how I was raised, and yeah, and not your parents not having any music in the house probably. That and um, I went to school in a very competitive place where all the students were really, I think, well supported and were in the right place, and I had the type of mind frame where it's like i know i don't need to learn this shit to be successful in life and so i shut it out i was like i don't need to learn this i don't need to learn this i don't care about this i don't care about this no, i get that and so i just I, stopped trying i can appreciate that but i really took it to heart like i convinced myself i don't need this and i don't need to try and it just for some reason in my mind it just turned off so it's too bad that no one at that school ever inspired you and said saw that and you said james you don't come on, let's let's join the band yeah the, the it, marching band I, I wish i would have but it became a self-fulfilling prophecy I, I the only thing i took really seriously was was hockey i like i really loved hockey and i practiced all the time off season on season became pretty good at it not mm-hmm. great um but i took that very seriously because i felt like there was some progress being made um, but uh, when it came to music, it was just pure sidelines, you know. But I, but I read cover to cover, like you know, in the CD jacket, mm-hmm. everything, all the lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. producers, all that stuff. So I really immersed myself in that, um, you know. And I just wanted to get into TV and radio in my career. That's what I, I was like. Maybe I'll just get into radio, and I ended up in sports radio. <laughs> which I had no fucking business being in, but I did that for four years. So much. I did it well. I faked, I faked that for a good four, four years. Um, See, but that's the thing. You faked it. Like, don't you think everybody else sort of like has those same, yeah. you know, intuition? We're just going to fake it until I make it. Cause yeah. But I, I don't know for whatever reason I was able to fake it through sports radio. Maybe and, you weren't, maybe you really had something there, but you just couldn't see it in yourself to, 
I think that's probably what it was. And then real about it. I didn't really have any real confidence until I got into corporate America and I started a sales job and I started doing well at that and learning from my mistakes. That's when I started building confidence in myself and then, um, you know, started, uh, you know, do, doing well and learning through trial and error. And this was while you were dating your wife or after you got married, this, this self, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I'm, I'm a dude. That's I've got it figured out. So yeah, a little bit of before and after. So I started working in corporate America as a sales guy, met my wife in corporate America, working for the same company, um, and then continued working for, uh, similar companies. And, um, all right, but she gives you the guitar at the wedding. She gives me the guitar at the wedding, whispers in my ear, now you're fucked, meaning, James, That's I know... That's thing to say. She, she meant that night. I'm just kidding. She didn't mean that. Um, what she really meant was, like, she knows that when I sign up for something and I'm account, I hold myself accountable to a goal... Mm-hmm. Um, and that other people see that, that I see it through. See that, you know, like, that's what you're she like knows a contradiction though, because you just said how all this self doubt, but when you sign up for something, you see it through. If other people, if other people see me sign up for something or I make it public or I tell other people, or I write down my goal sheet. Uh, I can see it sheet? through. Yeah. I see it. You have through. it on you? No, it's in my house. I have goal sheets for everything. Okay. That's how I was trained as a sales guy to set goal sheets and uh, check those things off as I accomplish my goals. It's really important for no, me. No, I agree with you. Yeah, with you. It's, an, it's, it's cheesy as shit, but it actually it's works not. for me. So and we were so she hands me the guitar. Yeah, she hands me the guitar. It's taking a long time right, to get there. Here we go. She hands me the guitar. She whispers that phrase, and I'm like, kind of get chills because I'm like, now I'm in this. She bought me this beautiful guitar. I cannot let this thing collect dust. It's going to be a complete insult because this is the most that anyone's ever believed in me. Literally, like, yeah, it's fine. It's a guitar, but like, she, this is a, it represents, it's an expression of belief and deep belief in me. And so I take the guitar home after our, you know, wedding night and all the rest of it. Did you sleep with the guitar or your wife that night? Well, uh, it was a three way. (laughs) (laughs) The guitar watched. I think your wife watched. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. And then, um, so, so we, uh, yeah, the, yeah, everybody watched. And then, so, so I start taking lessons. All right. So I go Mm -hmm. to instructors with my fancy new guitar, and they're like, oh, that's a pretty sweet guitar for a beginner. So I go to lessons, and... and what and kind of a guitar was it? It's a Fender Stratocaster. It's black with white polka dots, Buddy Guy's signature. It's awesome. And it says, to Jimmy. Jimmy 11. Yes. <laughs> not that Jimmy 11. 2010, not that one. Uh, that guy's <laughs> fucking loaded. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's awesome. He's a genius. Smart guy, too. <laughs> And, um, and so, so, uh, I start going to lessons, right. And lots of instructors, maybe three instructors. And I kind of rotated through to see which was the most amenable to my learning style. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, inevitably I find that these instructors do a good job, but forget what it's like to hold a guitar in your hands for the first time. See, you say that, you said that before to me. I find that interesting. Yeah. So they didn't, as an instructor, they should sort of understand. Well, think about it this way. And this is the analogy that I use whenever I describe this experience, we both have children. When I first taught my daughter how to write her name, I hand her the crayon, and her name is Ella, and I, I kind of hand her this crayon, and I say, write the letter E. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. A stick with three sticks sticking out of it, right? Um, and, and I hand her the crayon, and she looks at me, and, and she's like looking at the crayon, and, her, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she doesn't know how to hold a crayon. Sure. I'm like, same thing. You hand me a guitar. It's in my hands, and it feels like a foreign object. It's a totally foreign thing. Where do I put my hands? Do I put it on my right knee, my left knee? Like, it it, it is a completely foreign object to me at this point. And um, I think the instructor, to no fault of his own, just forgot how foreign it is and how weird it feels to hold an an object like that, let alone to make it sound a certain way. Right. And so when when you have that disconnect early on, 
um, you, you start to get frustrated with that person who doesn't really have that compassion early on. You never on. said to him, though, like, geez, this feels very foreign to me. I need a little more help here, understanding of how the muscles, muscle memory works. I didn't know what I didn't or- know. Right. And I also didn't want to look so helpless. It was that self doubt. Like, I got to practice this. Okay. I, yes, yes, yes. I get it. I get it. Let me take it home and practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't want to be a pain in the ass. Okay. I'll get, I'll, I'll be able to make this G chord when I come back. I would go home and practice, and it was just not fulfilling at all. How much would you practice at home? I would practice every night. You know, I would practice 15 minutes, but also what they don't tell you is how painful. It is to your fingers sure. to practice, um, and you know not only do your muscles hurt, but the tips of your fingers hurt when you're trying to build calluses. And so it was just not fun. It's just not fun at all, and it was painful and uh, just a kind of a shitty experience learning in the beginning. Um, and so, you know, the pain uh, of trying to learn, the lack of fun that I had with the instructor, sure. it just kind of made me want to put the guitar in the corner, but I just knew I, I could not though. do that. I could not do that. Like the accountability piece, I couldn't do it. So after maybe 17 to 20 lessons, I then kind of realized, okay, let me go to YouTube, right? Because YouTube was obviously a thing where people would learn all sorts of skills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I turned to YouTube and the first person that came up when I searched for Buddy Guy Lick was an uh, instructor named Marty Schwartz. Really popular instructor. I still use him today. Pretty much everything I've learned has come from Marty Schwartz. Um, and so I wanted to learn just a couple of easy, you know, beginner licks. And I quickly found that I was making progress, right? What progress to me was put my hands on the guitar and make a sound that was somewhat familiar. This was on your own terms. It wasn't like, here's yeah. what we're going to learn today, James, and no. from the instructor. And you're like, why the fuck am I learning this? This was like what you yeah, said. Yeah, I don't want to learn. Yeah, exactly, man. That, I didn't want to learn theory. I didn't want to learn scales. I didn't want to learn anything structured. It was, again, my learning style, my pace, the thing I wanted to learn. And it didn't matter. I didn't want to judge myself. I didn't want to say this is the right way or the mm-hmm. wrong way to do it. I just wanted it to be... I want to have a little bit of fun with this thing. Did you That's play it. for your wife at all while you're practicing? Or she's like, she's turn that thing off. Yeah, no, she, she was like, totally. regretted that she even bought it for you. Super supportive. I didn't plug it in in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like I would never plug it into an amp in the beginning. Then I got a small practice amp, which was like called an Orange Crush. Very small, like five watts battery, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. nine volt amp battery. And mm-hmm. it was, it was p- simple and really effective um, to use for practice and, and still do today. So practiced a lot. And then um, you discovered there was a problem, though, with practicing in front of a computer. Exactly. So I would find that every time that I engaged with my YouTube lessons and my my iPad or my Mac, the problem was this. I would have to take my hands off of my instrument. To Wait, by the way, don't say instrument because I don't know if you saw on some of our stuff you posted when you say take your hands off your instrument. People go crazy when they think that you're taking your hands off your instrument. Oh, I didn't see. You didn't see those. Were they blocked or? I blocked them. Okay. But so, in reference to, wow, can the Elmore pedal be used for Pornhub? Really? Oh, oh, it doesn't take your hands okay, off your instrument. Okay. okay. Which uh, I thought was actually kind of funny. And no, that, maybe it could be used for Pornhub. Yeah, people people have posted that before, and it can be. Why not? That's it doesn't, I, don't, I don't need two hands to jerk off, like I told you. But it's controlling the. You can't. Yeah, I never. Let's demo it. All right. No, I'm just saying, there's so many, it's such a versatile tool. <laughs> right, Tom? This, this segment <laughs> brought to you by. I'm just stepsister. I'm just saying I, maybe you're thinking Steps. too narrarily about uh, yeah. about this instrument. The reason why I say instrument <laughs> be other is because I want people to realize it can be used for all. Okay, so all sorts of instruments. Yeah, it's a fair call out. So uh, let's go back. Um, Pornhub. T- I mean, 
Tee me up. So, uh, so the problem that I found was that every time I took my hands off it was my interrupting guitar, your play. Yeah, every time I took my hands off the guitar, you weren't. I'm trying not to keep it PG or G, but I'm, I'm, now my mind is all on keeping your hands on your instrument. Well, put your hands on your pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, put your hands I, on your instrument. I, I, you sh- I just I can understand that that's a frustrating thing that you have to. It's super frustrating you know, for people because you're holding, especially in the beginning, right? So this this product, the Elmore pedal, is really what I've found, which I did not expect, is that people that are professional musicians are using it because not only do they so so you would think like oh well professional musicians are not going to use a youtube video to learn anything Mm -hmm. what they actually do and this is what i found out from talking to professional musicians is they want to emulate exactly how stevie ray vaughn put his hands on the guitar to learn this specific song so they'll go to a performance and watch the performance Uh, in great detail rather than a lesson from a marty schwartz but but stepping back because you haven't even told us really how the thing works totally yeah um so but back to you yep you were watching marty schwartz you had this problem and you're like i'm i'm gonna figure out a solution which yeah. is interesting because you had all this self-doubt about other things, but yet you had this idea and you executed on it. Yeah. So so the problem was this. Every time I would take my hands off the in- So the problem was this. <laughs> Let me do this while I'm talking about it. A commercial break brought to you by the other pedal in so our the, lives. So the problem was really simple. Every time I took my hands off my guitar to pause and play and fast forward and rewind, I would interfere with my muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And so I started running searches online to figure out, is there anything that would help me control my you know, practice session? And nothing existed. So um, at the same time, I started reading, I was reading a book about Dwayne Allman and the Allman Brothers, right? And this Sky book- Sky Dog. Sky Dog is the book, very good. And here's a some little- Some light bit of a, reading. Yeah, some, some light reading. But you know, I don't read very often. But um, what's interesting about this story is that in the book Sky Dog, mm-hmm. there's a section, okay, mm-hmm. that says Dwayne Allman put his record player on the ground, put his toe underneath the turntable, and would manipulate the record player back and forth to listen to licks and phrases. And on that record player was Elmore James, B.B. King, and some of these other greats like Lightning Hopkins. That? Brilliant. Right? And so that the idea, boom, struck me. How do I control my YouTube lessons the way that Dwayne did with his record player? And that's how the Elmore pedal was born. See, to me, that is like the most fascinating thing about the whole story. Anybody can't get behind that and say, wow, that's very clever. See, how, see James, you had, you had it in you the whole time. All that self-doubt what was what a waste. Necessity is the mother of all invention. Yeah, who says that? I think somebody famous. Okay. Um, and so uh, somebody dead probably. No, but it's brilliant. And so it, it and simple and brilliant. So I started, you know, working with friends to to prototype my idea for me. It was a selfish idea. I, I wasn't going to build a company. This was building a product to help me get better at guitar, so that I don't fail everybody around me, namely Maybe my wife, wife. Right. Right. And um, so I so I you know found a friend who was really good at guitar and also happened to have some experience in you know building hardware. Right. He had had a hardware company in the past. Um, he was a great guitar player, and he said, "Sure, I'll help you out." And so a couple weeks later, he hands me this block of acrylic with some buttons and a motherboard, plugged it into my MacBook. Boom, I was controlling my YouTube And lessons. the rest is the rest musical is history. Musical history, I hope, one day. We're, not, we're done here. End of, oh, not end of story. Okay. I was going to say that's uh, pretty good. Um, and so, all right, let's, should we switch gears and talk? Or no. How much time do we have? We're good. All right. No, I th- I, listen. Is any was, of that usable? Probably not. 
little bit? No, I think it's great. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about specific. Okay. About like how it works. All right. Let's demo this. All right. All right, Aaron. Yes, sir. So speaking of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which got absolutely dragged in our last TikTok post, what are the worst three concerts you've ever been to? I figured I'd pull out a, a really cool lesson by Marty Schwartz here on YouTube. This is Under the Bridge. And why I love uh, using YouTube lessons, what's very difficult is controlling the lesson, right? So you have to take your hands off your, in, your guitar. Um, maybe you're playing the drum portion. Is there mm -hmm. even drums in this song? Of Under course. The is there? Of course. Okay. So anyway. It's also interesting you picked that song, a very formidable song from the 90s. One of the best songs of, of the, the 90s for sure. Did you know uh, that Anthony Kiedis wrote that as a poem and it was not supposed to be a song until Rick Rubin discovered it as I, a song? I knew Rick Rubin was involved. Yeah, so it was just it. in his – I was watching an interview uh, with Anthony Kiedis. It was really interesting that he was kind of insecure about it, didn't want to show it to anybody, only had a little bit of a melody, and then Rick Rubin said, this is your best song. Hmm. Rick Rubin's a genius. So huh. what's, what's, what I love about using this Elmore, again, this is a foot controller, but just for the sake of what we're doing right now, I'm going to use my, my hand to do so. It enables you to pause and play the video hands-free. Brilliant. Right? And then it will also enable you to rewind the video just by holding it, and then boom, takes it back five seconds. And what most of my customers tell me they love the most is the, the ability to slow down your video with just a quick tap. So now I'm down to 75% speed. 50% speed, and I can go speed it right back up if I need to. So when I'm trying to really study where are these fingers on the fretboard, mm -hmm. I do not have to take my fingers off of the instrument. And this is why it's so important. If my fingers are on the fretboard, and I want to pause right now, look how hard it is for me to see where Marty's fingers are. I have to stop and stare and really make sure I know exactly yeah. where my fingers are, right? And so now I can engage the video back again all with my foot, leaving my fingers on that fretboard. Do you find there's like a learning curve to being able to control it with your feet? And it's like sort of like left brain, right brain with That's stepping great... on the pedals and using your hands and eyes and understanding where you are in space and time, you know, figure it all out. No, that's a good question. So I personally believe that there should not be a learning curve with a learning product. So I have found that the majority of feedback that I get from my customers is they take it out of the box, mm -hmm. they turn it on, connect to Bluetooth, and they're off and running. And they find that it's usually a better experience once they use the product than without. Sure. So no learning curve, really. Um, it's, it's very uh, responsive. User-friendly. User-friendly. Doesn't really require any instructions. I have support instructions on my site, um, but it's, it's a pretty user-friendly tool. It's only got two buttons. Compatible, compatible with Mac? Uh, Mac, PC, and iPad. We also just launched a new Chrome extension, wow. which offers access to Marty Music, Justin Guitar, Fender Play, Vimeo. So if um, I just go on YouTube and pull something up, I, it'll work. Yeah. Yep. Any video you want. And, um, you know, what's, what's really cool is, uh, you know, um, we're actually going to launch about 10 more sites. So we're expanding um, the uh, compatibility to uh, more learning sites and more music, more musical instruments. So I've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of requests for piano sites, sure. ukulele sites, banjo sites, and so musicians um, of all walks of life are are interested in using the pedal. And where where could you purchase that pedal? Great question. www. I don't think you have to say www. It's understood. Oh, uh, Elmore Pedals. You'll, you'll you'll log on to the internet. <laughs> uh, Enter your go password. to ElmorePedals.com. There you go. Yep, it's a website. It's online now. You'll just use your dial up. Go to ElmorePedals.com. Brilliant. Thank you.
You can also uh, use uh, your telephone and you go can? to TikTok, which is a website, and you can go to our TikTok channel. I believe it's called a channel. Page or channel. Page. And you can purchase it there as well, or Instagram. And you'll be able Any to- Any discount codes for the house? You know, it is- it is TikTok Black thirty gets you thirty thirty percent off. How much is one of those bad boys? Real seventy nine bones US 79 plus thirty percent off. Yeah, and free shipping. It's like a steal. There's no, no free brainer. shipping. No. no brainer. No free shipping. Um, not yet, but uh, it's not that heavy. I hand pack them if that helps. Like, sure, I'll actually, sure. yeah, I'll actually Sealed put them in the box. From, yeah, from yeah. James. And they're next day shipping. I mean, you don't have to wait. So if you if this is something you like to give for a gift for the holidays, it's a perfect stocking stuffer. There you go. Um, next day shipping. It's not coming from overseas. You don't have to wait. You can literally order it. It gets in the mail the next day. That's what next day shipping means. It's amazing that that term works that way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and, and also what's really a, a great story is that Jack White from Third Man records and the white stripes if you've ever heard of this I gentleman have, have. I, wouldn't, have, I would not have known from whatever record company you said third man records that, it's a I don't tremendous know, brand you can say the white stripes i know who he is yes yes or the raconteurs tours the dead weather you may have heard sure, of. sure. Uh, excellent group rock group rock and roll rock and roll oh. they also carry a limited edition version so for those of you that really love your spouse loved one they, who loved, child who happens to love jack white who happens to love jack and white? where can you buy one of those Amazing Third Man Records. Com. You'll want those three W's. But you can just put it in your Google search bar and you'll find it. So just look up Elmore Pedal Third Man Records Limited Edition while they last. They're kind of running out. But um, they're pretty awesome. They're a different colorway and uh, well, that means alternative. I know that they're yellow. Shoes, yeah. But James, that is brilliant. I think you've said it all. You probably said too much. Uh, that's possible. It's possible. Any other um, lasting, you know, ending? are you going to bring anything to the table today or is this all I, me? This is all you buddy. I mean, if you want to talk about me, I don't think it's that interesting. If you, no, I, no, if, no, you no. Want, if you want people to, to watch this or listen to this podcast, I don't think Man, we can talk about it. Can me. we talk about how the chili peppers got absolutely fucking dragged on our TikTok, or is that just not interesting? I feel like it's, I, I listen, the red, the reason why I think it's really important to talk about is because we did the worst three concerts that I've ever been to. Number one what? was the black keys. Number two was, I can't even remember. Was um, Weezer. Weezer was so fucking god-awful. It was the most boring show I've ever been to and in my life. number one was... Number one was David Gilmour. Because my expectations to see David Gilmour were very high, and I wanted to see him unleash some creativity and some magic and get the goosebumps. And he just phoned was, it in. And he phoned it in, in my opinion. But I think the more interesting thing is how we came up with that idea and put it on social media, and people reacted to it very positively. Because not, it wasn't like this plan... No. Where I'm like some sort of creative genius. I'm like, James, we're going to talk about, we're going to do the list. Like, that was such an original idea. No, not original right? at all. Please. I no. think it started with actually with Desert Island Disc. It, it, yes. And it that, sort of like morphed into it, it, the top, James's top three that, that nobody cares about. Yeah, nobody cares. But people do care. I'm not a music historian. I'm just a guy who came up with an idea to help create more musicians in the world. First, help myself become a musician. But it, it resonated for whatever reason with, with people who wanted to. What's resonating with me, though, Again, I really want to talk about this. The comments around the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bob Dylan. I get Bob Dylan, like not being a good performer. No, I get that. I get that. But the Red Hot Chili Peppers are one of the most exciting bands of our time. I've never seen them. Okay, so this is where hmm. I don't go to cut that part out of this. You lose all your credibility. All right. As someone who's seen 250 concerts. I think it's been more. So I counted after you were like, dude, I think you've been to more shows than that. Because I've seen like Radiohead four times. I've seen... I've seen Buddy Guy 50 times. I can't believe that. So I know I think I've been to 500 concerts. 
I think I've been to about 500. So 250. It's gone from 250 to 500. I, I recounted. I was like, but fuck. But don't you I, have all the ticket stubs? I do. So I recounted. So anyway, which is a real great use of my time. I'm a dad. I should be doing something else. So, but the fact that the Red Hot Chili Peppers was by far and away the number one most despised live concert blows my mind because not only do they sell out arenas, arenas, Mm -hmm. they do it multiple days in a row every single fucking year that they put out a show. How is that possible? I don't understand. I saw them in Lollapalooza, I don't know when it was, in the early 2000s, and I thought it was great. But they were just at um, Soldier Field in Chicago. Recently? Yeah. And? Sold out two nights. But people must have hated it. How many people fit in that place? Do you have any idea? 80,000, maybe? 80,000? No. No, I don't know. With the the field, people sitting in the field and the stands? I I would guess if uh, if I had a, I would say 35,000, 40,000. No way. 35,000 is like Wrigley Field. I've never seen a show at Wrigley Field. I have. I saw Dead & Company there. You probably saw Billy Joel. John Mayer, and I wanted... Billy Joel got dragged, too. Okay, six, right. 61,000. We split, 000. split the baby. All right, so we'll, you take the head, I'll take the shoulders. We can talk about Billy Joel. It's like Billy Joel and, and Bruce Springsteen fall into the same camp with me. It's Bruce just music Springsteen that just, got crushed. I just don't understand, and I understand that there's a group of people who are obsessed with Bruce Springsteen, the boss, and Billy Joel, and maybe it's an age and generational if the thing. Bo- if Bruce is the boss, I quit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I was with somebody the other night who was carrying on about Bruce Springsteen, and I was like, I don't get I it. glaze over. Like, really? Born to run, then what? Do you think it's our generation? Yeah, I think they're older, older But guys. I love Tom Petty, and I feel like Tom Petty kind of lives in that category. Maybe I'm wrong. No, because in the 90s, he had That's very true, like Mary pop, Jane's Last yeah, Dance. He, and they had that music video, and I think Johnny Depp was in it, and yeah, it was like yeah, very yeah. influential at the time. That's probably why he was I can listen to Tom Petty all day long and not get bored. No, I agree with you. Yeah, but I cannot listen to Bruce Springsteen. No. At all. No. I cannot listen to Billy Joel at all. No. Um, my wife went to go see Billy Joel. She thought it was horribly boring and she likes billy joel and she also said billy joel was asking the crowd what to play and they're like i'm not uh, a big piano fan of man and then what yeah like i don't want the person next to me who's chugged fucking seven beers to tell me what the yeah, set list should be interesting you say that because in one of your other tiktoks you talk about the best concert you ever went to which yeah. was jack white and Amazing. you said it was the best because they brought he brought a fan up on the stage to, let to him play. play with him it's awesome but fan i would engagement. have been like get this punk off the stage i don't i didn't come here to, to hear that's a, not why it was the play. best show that was just a cherry on top the reason right, why so it was you the best clarify show was, your statement then totally that's a fair call out thank you very much for putting me on the fucking calling me up <laughs> yeah, that's right cross-examination yeah no the reason why jack's show was so awesome was because he played for three and a half hours 33 songs played some of the best the probably the best set list i can imagine including blue orchid, orchid. amazing song like i love that Get song. what for that song <laughs> Love that song. You might want to get that looked into. If you're no, I'm talking it. about you. You're just a Blue Orchid. Blue Orchid is an incredible dude. What about this, Tom? Have you ever heard of the band? Um, what's that band? The big 6-7 guy? Uh, oh, oh, Typo Negative. Typo Negative. There's no way. Tom, you ever heard of Typo Negative? He did, are you a gothic guy? Are you into goth? You look at him. Do you like vampires? No. <laughs> How, what were you for Halloween? Not a vampire. So if you ever get into vampire music, you definitely want to listen to Typo Negative. He's a radio engineer. Did you see how many people were like, oh my God, you saw Typo Negative? I'm so jealous. We can talk about that because that to me, I was like, that, I would have thought no one would be like, who cares? I I felt really uh, special that day when people said like, you 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 saw Typo Negative? You saw Typo Negative? I was like, I saw them twice. Yeah, they were amazing. And and that's one of those bands where like, nobody really knew who they were. No, no one knows who they are. Yeah, yeah. I saw them at the... 
Eagles Ballroom in Milwaukee. Do you even know what that is? No. Crazy. Have you ever heard of Metal Fest? No, of course you have not. Mm. I was by far the youngest kid there, and my friend and I were, like, pretending to smoke cigarettes. We didn't even have any cigarettes. We were just, like, trying to smoke cigarettes with guys. These were, like, yeah. we were. This is two Highland Park Who else kids. was in, in the Metal Fest besides uh, Typo Negative? The bands that you recognize. The Misfits were there. All right. Yeah, Danzig was sure, there. Sure, okay. Cannibal Corpse. KMFDM. No, no. Can- maybe, maybe. Like Cannibal that. Corpse. Do you, Cannibal, do you, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, these were, like, uh, Sepultura. Huge band. Nah. So uh, Sepultura is a band from like Brazil, Argentina. Like okay. really big metal band. Really, really, really big. big. Yeah, yeah, very big. If you look them up, you'll see they're huge. It's band. All ten people <laughs> listen to they, Sepulveda. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that a, a street in Los Angeles? <laughs> Sepulveda. Yeah. Sepultura. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny. I'm educating you on some music you'll never listen. I don't to. think you are educating me. You say these bands, and I'm like, I can't even believe. But I, I look at you, and I'm like, how? But what is I this feel music? Like, uh, without. So, so I do listen to some off the beaten path music, but there are so many fucking people that listen to these bands. It's like I'm insane. sure, but it's just because you're such a you love music so I much, do, I do. and that's such a to me seems so unmusical. Do you want to know a band that I absolutely wish I would have heard live and seen live when I had the chance? A band called Caius, and what? you probably have no idea who they are, but you know exactly who they are. I don't. Josh Homie, lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, okay. His first band unbelievable seriously unbelievable if I, it, do you like queens of the stone age i, I mean listen i do I, yeah they okay, had that so one good song Caius might be a little bit heavy for you um but they're they have like five or six albums and they're just absolute gems what about like the eagles of death metal yeah great you like love them. Uh, yeah, yeah josh homie was part of that band too. I, that's why that's how I, yeah but i only know that because they were at the bottom in paris when it was exactly yeah eagles that, of death metal like, great I'm, really, I'm glad i I don't know them because I don't feel like I could have had a chance to be at that show. Here's a band that you might enjoy that Josh Homie had his DNA no, all over. I don't over. know it. Them Crooked Vultures. Here's why you might like them. It's Josh Homie. Uh, Josh Homie? Yeah. Homie. Was I saying Homie? Josh Homie. Um, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. You mean, okay, bass player. Yeah. And Dave Grohl. Okay. I would have right? been Them I'm Crooked intrigued. Vultures. One album. 2009 or something. John um, Paul Jones still is, they drag his corpse out into play the bass. He's fantastic. Awesome. Really great album. You hmm. should definitely listen to it. You know, that's a band we've not enough for you to was enjoy. Led Zeppelin, and you must have been into them. Love like, Led Zeppelin. There's nothing wrong with Led Zeppelin. And people say, there were some good comments there that said, uh, you know, Jimmy Page is a sloppy guitar player. Who I'm said like, that? Who the fuck are you talking about? You know, Led Zeppelin played at Ravinia. What? It's true. In the early not, 70s. It is true. That's not true. Google that shit. Wow. Can you believe that? You think Ravinia sucks? Well, it hasn't been good. That was like the pinnacle and it's all downhill from nobody there. Knows who, nobody knows what Ravinia is outside of our small circle. But Tom, Ravinia. last time. I feel like he's the... See? And well, How was your experience you a good there? experience, Nick? Yeah. That good. That what did good. you see? He's like, the sushi was excellent. There's no sushi at Ravinia. There is. You have to, I you actually, have to bring your, you have to schlep no, your own I, food no, there's in. No, there's decent, decent sushi. It's like a little gas station in there, but it's actually not bad. It's not bad. I was desperate. The sushi was I know decent. there's like the kosher hot dog stand. <laughs> of course it's By kosher. the Haagen-Dazs ice cream. This is in nor- the North Shore of Chicago where it's highly Jewish population, so that's why we're talking about kosher. Um, y- okay. What? It's, no, you're, right. you're not wrong. spitting facts. Yeah, but you say a kosher hot dog. You know, to me, you don't equate that with just Jewish. You just like a kosher hot dog is a kosher hot dog. Why not just say a hot dog? Because it's a certain style is a kosher dog. No, it's not. You just think when you one when is you blessed, order, one is not. When you order a hot dog, you 
They both are like made you want to be hot dogs. Pig's kosher. anus. One is not blessed by kosher. rabbi and one's not. Unless I'm wrong. You are wrong. Okay. I'm also the authority. On Let's hot, cut, on hot cut the hot dog bit. No, never. We're just going <laughs> off the rails completely. No, Ravinia sucks. I, you know, I will say that I had a good to the time. camera. If you get really fucking good seats on the lawn, Ravinia can be fun. Yeah, but if you do that, you're not going to see the music. No. It's not a, the music is secondary. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have a good time. But I will say one of the best shows I've ever seen was at Ravinia, despite Ravinia, because it was Chris Cornell. And I was at that show. Solo. And, and I that will, was fun. I will agree with you on that one. I saw Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi there, which was great, but the crowd was very subdued. When isn't the crowd subdued at Ravinia? It's like a bunch of old white dudes it and is. women that don't stand up and dance. But you can't stand up at that because you feel very awkward. Yeah, if you stand up, you get, like, eyes peering through the back Here, of your head. I'll tell head. you a story about Ravinia. It happened this summer. I went to see, um, what's her name, from Fleetwood Mac. Uh, yes. Stevie Nicks. Thank you. Okay. And we had good seats up at the front, and everybody's got their phones out filming her, right? And I've got my camera with me. Oh, yeah. And I whip it out, and this fucking security guard was, like, chomping at the He couldn't wait for it to yell at me to put my camera away. And I was like, asshole, look at all these. What's the difference? Those cameras are probably nicer than my camera. Yeah. And the guy had a fit on me, embarrassed me in front of all those people. He said, sit down, sir, put your camera away. He was like, you, come here. Like, you know, it was like your like your principal's, and called it the principal's office. And you complied? I mean, I, I was an asshole about it. I didn't, you know, I, I gave him shit. But then the end of the concert, I was like, what's the what's problem What's he going to do, kick you out of there? He's going to take my, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I dare yeah, you. Kick me out of Ravinia. Please kick me out of Ravinia. <laughs> yeah, like, my wife wants to stay. I want to leave. <laughs> you know, I want to left long ago. But yeah. I mean, the last show I went to go see there was OAR and Dispatch, and that was fun. But we sat in the lawn. We had some wine, you know, just like everybody, you know, smoked a little bit of this and that, and it was fine. But yeah, you, you know, it's, I'd really like to see. I saw, but the, that, that goes on my list that I commented on your post of the three worst concerts, and I said anything at Ravinia. And the concerts that come to mind are um, Leonard Skinner. I saw them at Ravinia, which was miserable. Le Le Leonard Skinner is just not, I mean, right? I, I would have loved to see Leonard who Skinner the, in the late 70s. Who was 70s? the booking agent who reached out to Leonard Skinner and said, hey, why don't you guys come play at Ravinia this Leonard summer? Leonard Skinner is not Leonard Skinner anymore. There's like one no, person that's was, from the band It anymore. was a watered-down, yeah. pathetic version. That's a hard thing to watch. I don't remember the other two. Oh, Lauren Hill, which is incredibly disappointing. See, that's weird because, I mean, she's just fantastic. But but fantastic. I love her. Yeah. Um, but she just was not, she was off. Who Late, else? Um, and the sound was terrible. Late is not cool. Late Especially Virginia cool. when they're like, you know, no. it's like the no, clock they cut turns you off 10 o'clock. At 9.30. 9.30, they, they, they pull up the, the plug and they yeah, don't fuck around. Roll up the sidewalks. I don't remember who the first one was. Um, I, have you ever, other concerts when people are late to start? Like I've, That's frustrating. I told you this story before, but Jay-Z and Kanye. Yeah, well, listen, anything. Run, kind of, what was that tour called? Something. Watch the Throne. Yes, Watch the Throne. Dude, that was absolutely I, cool. I saw him, I think, on that tour. I, I think my mouth is, is making a horrible noise. Like yeah, a, it usually does. I, I can't stand it. I, I really can't stand it when... Um, I, I was That was the show I was going to walk out before it even started. If it weren't for my wife, I would have absolutely... Was that at Soldier Field? No, it was at the United Center. Again, I think the United Center is by far and away the worst place to see a concert. I saw Radiohead there a few years ago, and I thought it was great. I saw that show, too. I love Radiohead, so it was it could do no wrong. good enough. Yeah, um, That was the uh, Moonshape Pool tour, right? Yes. That was awesome. Um, Burn the Witch. Yes. Awesome that concert. Album. That album. Awesome. That's an awesome concert. But but I really cannot stand going to shows at that place. I cannot at stand Soderfield, it. Or at Soderfield, at United Center. At United Center. It sounds like a fucking, it, it's just an echo nightmare 
and you cannot feel any of the sound. You know, when you, when you go to a show, you want to kind of feel the sound yeah. so loud that you feel it? Nothing. It is absolute. I'm trying to think of other concerts like, I, I ever saw there. It's the worst. I think I saw like uh, like Taylor Swift or something with my daughter. So, speaking of Taylor Swift, she just sold like. Can you believe that? Two million. And how about Ticketmaster? I mean, suddenly everybody remembers how much Ticketmaster sucks. Oh we God, they shit the bed. Yeah, they got to figure that out. I wish I. I thought Eddie Vedder figured that out. Yeah, they were. I mean, they tried to take back control, but apparently, you know, and I, I really don't know this. This maybe somebody can help us out with this, but all, the ticket sales are so tight, closely tied to the venues that they can't necessarily give the power back to the bands or. I have a feeling like I think it would be interesting to see somebody disrupt ticket sales in that way and give all the power back to the bands or you know who could do it I, I don't know how that works Amazon. I have no fucking idea if anyone's going to disrupt it be Amazon that'd be cool and I'd also like to see some annual passes I know Live Nation does like a season pass or like a club pass for the fall and I looked at it last night and they're sold out so like you can go to a bunch of shows for one price why yeah. not make an annual membership you know, pay X amount of dollars, you go to X number of shows, you have a guaranteed seat, I would be the first person to buy that. And I'd also like to see some type of financing on tickets because tickets are insanely expensive these days. Oh, that's a bad idea. Why? People going to debt to finance a ticket? Going to debt to fucking buy everything else. It's true. Right? It's I mean, true. You buy a guitar right now, you're not paying $950 right that's now. That's true. You're, I, you're right. Just, that that to me would be a waste of debt. I could I'd take out credit for other things before because you're a responsible person. But I wouldn't say that, but um, <laughs> it's not where I would you know, get my social security out. Social security number out for? No, I mean I get what you're saying, but you know, listen, Taylor Swift is what she's she's putting out tickets, and they're probably two hundred fifty dollars a piece. Yeah, I'm sure it's wild. Who's gonna fork over two hundred fifty dollars for a family of Daddy, five? Daddy, take me to a thousand twelve hundred dollars to a regular night. family. It's like let's, let's finance that over a year. That's Christmas presents for people. I just think yeah, it should be expensive. more accessible to more people. That's all. I agree. I agree. I don't know what to say, but I think we've said it all. Said too much. Said too much. Maybe. Tom, anything to add? I hope some of this is usable. God bless America. What do you think, Tom? Do we need to reshoot it? He said he's seen he's seen a lot better work before. He said he was writing an email to somebody. He's like, this is, <laughs> he's, like he's glazed over. He's like, I feel bad charging these. Look at these guys talking. It's showing how old they are. I'm talking about these lame ass bands. <laughs> I know. He's like, this is. Pantera. I mean, Pantera. I just don't get it. Because you haven't heard it. Exactly. How are you going to get it if you haven't heard it? <laughs> because it sounds not interested. Because the band name doesn't sound good? No, just because I, I just remember the guys that listen to bands. Cowboys from Hell. Is that a band? That's the name of their first album. Oh, I think the Shitty Beatles. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? The, sh the Beatles? The Beatles. Shitty? Can you believe this guy? He doesn't like the Beatles. We don't have time. We're getting a high sign. Well, well, James, we said it all. We said it all. We'll talk about the Beatles next week. Well, thank um, you for being here today. It was it's, it was it's a remarkable pleasure. This was the mind. most fascinating conversation I've had with you. I'd say this is the most fascinating conversation I've what, had. What in the did last we learn? Hour. Let's just review real quickly. We learned that you the self doubt that you've overcome, and congratulations to you for figuring it out. And your wife. I'm even doubting I've overcome the self doubt, but I'm I'm getting close. Well, you're on your you're, it's a journey. Yeah, it is, and I, listen, if I can help other people by sharing my vulnerabilities, people want to see that. I think it's. Fucking hot. If you want to get People likes on it. TikTok, you have to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. to, that's the secret. Yeah. No, I just want to help people learn how to play an instrument and know that or listen, you just, if, if you're 14 or you're 45, 
it's never too late and you don't have to become a professional musician. I think that's really important to understand. You don't just because you go buy a set of golf clubs doesn't mean you're going to end up on the in the PGA tour. If you go buy a new Telecaster, doesn't mean you're going to be on stage with Jack White. Just have some fun, you know? And I think the Elmore pedal creates that spark where you're going to feel like you're going to get it. You get it. You know that spark when you're going to get something? I'm tearing up from this. Keep going. You're riffing. Just, Tom's like, he's like out the door already, but keep going. Uh, listen, Tom will be all right. It's a, it's a Friday. It's a feel good Friday. But, oh, God, that's the worst term. That's like one of those. Uh, it's only the Friday before Thanksgiving, too, which is like people uh, go nuts. I do not like Thanksgiving. Really? I think it's the best holiday. I like, love being around no my family. Religion, there's no none of that bullshit. I like being around family, but I cannot stand Thanksgiving food. I Turkey's. This is Tom. Yeah, like, like, no, I literally turned by the hour. You guys are fucking done. We're going to talk <laughs> about that. I'm going to put a note that we're going to talk about revenge. You can about, do overtime and then just charge people for extra. You know, that's a good business model. <laughs> yeah, you want that? I think not for Thanksgiving. We want people to keep listening <laughs> about Thanksgiving. Be careful if you turn on the microphone. Thanksgiving, turkey. Also, we didn't talk about pe- the other pedal. Tom, sorry. That's for next time. Pedal Beverage. www.drinkpedal.com or on social media at drinkpedal.com. Thank you. Thank you.